Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. In part one of the Craig Bellamy story, we spoke about the transformation from normal to not so inside of the coach's box. The sledging continued as he returned serve on good mate Ricky Stewart and his relationship with Cameron Smith. But there's so much more to this amazing story. As a 60-year-old, how do you go with dealing with and understanding younger men's issues, behaviours and reasoning? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> like sometimes it's really nice to have uh, younger coaches. You know, a lot yep. of um, obviously my um, assistant coaches are obviously, uh, well, other than uh, Jason Riles, I think but the other, all the others are younger than Smitty. So, um, so they understand the younger guys and younger yep. guys' traits, I suppose, and uh, traits because of the way society is these days. Um, so sometimes I lean on on them a bit, and uh, and sometimes those younger players, when they have got issues, they'll go to one of the you know the, the assistant coaches. Yep. So um, it's it's yeah, I, like I say, I, there's, there's some things that I just probably don't understand at all. Uh, but having said that, I'm, I, it's not as if I'm I'm probably a little bit ignorant of them, but I'm not um, adverse to listening and trying to understand. I think that that's the main thing. As long as I you know, take an interest and try yep. and learn from, um, you know, someone's predicament or, or someone's situation. Um, but like I say, it's, it, it's a lot different to when, you know, I was playing footy, um, mm. the, the issues these days. But um, but I, during this time up here, I, like our guys, I know there's been one blemish, but um, for us to all move away from, you know, our home, um and you know, most of it, most for most of the guys, it's is a, a newfound home in Melbourne. But you know, we've yeah. we've all had to move away from there. Some have had had to have been separated from their families, which is certainly not ideal. And uh, you know that causes some situation as well. You know, and the families that have come up that they have been so understanding um, and trusting of the decisions that you know the clubs made and the NRL has made. Um, even though it's, some of those decisions have been really tough sometimes, yep. you know, on the families. Um, but everyone has, has really stuck together. And um, while, as I said, it, it, it's certainly been far from ideal for our club um, and the people in our club, I'm really proud of how everyone, players and their families, um, staff and families have handled it. You know, they've been um, outstanding. When you turn off football, how do you unwind? What's your escape away from the game and away from the position as head coach? Um, I think going back, you know, probably 15 years ago, it was I used to like going to the golf course, but yep. um, I find, you know, travelling to the golf course and playing golf and then travelling back, it was always too much time yep. wasted or, or, or spent. Yep. Um, the, thing, the thing that I really enjoy uh, more than anything else is, is listening to music. Yeah. Um, my dad was um, used to play guitar and used to sing a little bit. He was a mad um, Slim Dusty, Johnny Horton um, fan. So um, used to you know sit and 
used to sit next to the open fire as a family and dad used to rip off a few songs. So I've always loved listening um, to music. So um, and at, at the moment I'm really missing not being able to go and see a concert, you know, with, uh, you know, like Jimmy Barnes, the Angels, they're the guys I really, you know, love seeing um, live, you know. So um, I, I've really missed that. Um, I, I like my musicals as well. Um, um, so, yeah, like – Musicals, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So not so much probably the classic ones, but um, you know some of the other ones. So, like, so that's probably my main um, the main thing I spend time on when yep. I'm not spending it on footy and family. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm missing the music at the moment. Obviously, I can you know put on um, you know uh, uh, on my phone what's I mean listen, but it's not quite the same as going to a um, you know live concert. I've found a lot of high-profile sports guys that have a certain level of experiences, both good and bad, have a somewhat reduced circle of friends or or confidants is probably a better way to put it, a group they confide in, a group they will actually listen to. What's your support group look like? Is it small? Yeah, it it probably is. Um, Actually, I think someone asked me this about a couple of years ago, and I didn't – I probably – don't you know like I if I got an issue or a problem I'm having trouble you know sorting it I don't sort of think I've got to go and talk to such and such you know but um I've never thought like that so I've always you know I've probably well I've always thought that I've um gone with me gut feel and I'll I'll sort it out you know I'll talk talk to other people but um but people around the situation or people around the problem but but when I thought about it there, there probably is a couple um that I go to, um, and uh, they've only you know come up. Well, I've got to know them since I've, I've been in Melbourne, and that's uh, John Rebo, who was yep. um, was a, the, the person that got me to the club. Uh, he was the CEO, obviously the owner of um, the Storm at that time, and he was a CEO for the first couple of years I was there. So I've always kept in touch with Reeves, and you know, he comes still a Mad Storms, you know, fan. He yeah. comes to a, a lot of the games, and the other guy that um, again I. I probably lent on a bit that didn't when I didn't sort of realise I, I lent on him was uh, Roy Masters. So yes. uh, I didn't didn't know Roy until I um, I went to Melbourne. I didn't even know Roy lived in Melbourne actually at that time, but he'd been living there for a fair while. And um, he got married um, to to Elaine, and you know she was a, a Melbourne lady, so that's where he's been. So and again, Roy being very close to John, you know I, I met Roy pretty quickly you know, after I moved down there. And um, and yeah, him being a, a coach, um, you know, of certainly uh, quite a, a infamous coach or yes. a famous coach, whichever way you look yeah. at it, with a face slap and whatever. But that's the thing, you know, with Roy, he's um, very uh, innovative. You know, he, he's always thinking, probably, or not always, but sometimes he can he can think outside the square. Yeah. Um, when I, I'm not great at that, um, so yeah, so when Someone mentioned basically that question you asked me there. Like I, I never sort of realised that I probably did rely on, on a few people, but certainly, um, um, you know, Reeves and 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 Roy, um, yeah, footy and, and life as well, and um, probably uh, one of my mates. Um, again, he loves his footy and has always been involved in footy, but he's not, 
you know, like actually involved as far as a coach now, the guy called I met in uh, Canberra, Gary McDonald. So yep. he's a guy I probably talk, talk to a little bit about, um, you know, life in general, I suppose. You just said there you don't always or often look outside the box. Would you consider most, for the most part, coaches err on the side of being cautious or conservative, most intent on looking at a way not to lose a game as opposed to trying something different that may have an element of risk? It's a fine line. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I, I don't think um, – I don't think – like all coaches or a high percentage of coaches um, like are that conservative to be quite honest. I, I think I, I probably am. Okay. Um, but having said that, um, I'll, you know, I'll in some situations, you know, I'll, you know, will take risks or, yep. or look at taking risks. But having said that, um, that's why I think now it's important that your, your, your coaching group has got the, got the right balance. So yeah. a couple, couple of guys on, that have been me coaches over the years or been me assistant coaches, been the club's uh, assistant coaches, you know, always trying to have one of those guys that sort of looks left of centre. Yep. And um, so, you know, just you want to have that balance in your coaching group. But like I say, I, I'm probably certainly more conservative uh, than, you know, the risk taker. But having said that, sometimes I'll, I'll lean that side. But certainly um, having a couple or, or at least one guy in your in your coaching group that um, has got that sort of personality or has got that that trait, yeah. uh, I think that, that, that really helps the team. Want to know what's coming up on the Legends series? Stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the Andy Raymond. You mentioned assistant coaches. Stephen Kearney, Brad Arthur, Anthony Seabold, Adam O'Brien, Dean Pay, Michael Maguire, Nathan Brown, Kevy Walters, amongst others. All guys that have been your assistants and part of your system. It's a very established footprint. Does that put a smile on your face knowing you've helped and helped guide a large group of successful young men on their journey? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, I don't sort of... You know, we don't go booting our chest about down down in Melbourne again. Obviously, they've been assistant coaches for the club, so it's not only me. It's you know, the, to be quite honest, a lot of those coaches would learn a lot off our players. You know, yep. off um, you know Cameron and Cooper and Billy. You know, those sort of guys. Um, so yeah, like, like you know, I, I'm um, really proud of you know on, on on behalf of you know the Melbourne Storm of uh, how those guys have got their start. I suppose, in their coaching careers with us or they've come to us at some stage to further their education in being a coach. And, um, you know, and having gone on to, you know, being NRL coaches and in Kevy's case, uh, case uh, an origin coach, yep. um, yeah, we're, we're all really proud of them and um, and really, you know, proud of the way all the, the things that the club has done to help them get where they've uh, they've got to today. Does it give you satisfaction to see them progress in their career or does it piss you off because you lose another assistant? <laughs> um, no, no, I think, I think um, yeah, I, I, I've never really thought about, too much about it like that. No, we're always happy for those guys to, to go to a higher position. I, you know, I think there's a couple of them probably left that were assistants and went to another club as an assistant before yeah. they had a head coach. So, yeah, you know, probably... You know, it's hard for me to understand why you went as a 
to another job that was the same job, another yep. club. But certainly, yeah, and yeah, certainly, yeah, all those guys, you know, have left on a on on a good note. You know, I, I've never ever I, one thing I can say proudly. I, well, not proudly, but I've never seen the, um, you know, soon as it uh, necessary that I, I've never sacked the coach. At, at, at the storm, I've never wow. told the coach you, you're on your bike. So uh, they've, you know, they've, and sometimes you know it's they know when it's time to move on. And um, but like I say, those guys, especially that have gone to from you know being assistant coach at the storm to a head coach at other clubs, you know, they, they, there's no ill feeling there at all. That's yeah. their, you know, that's what they've worked so hard for. And um, yeah, we're only too happy to um, let them take that opportunity. So what you're saying politely is you're mates with some of them, but you're not mates at the moment with others. Is that the politically correct way oh, of putting it? No, no, not really. I think I'm pretty much mates with, with all those guys. Um, I'd be surprised if anyone's got too many ill, Ill feelings there. But um, yeah, like I say, I, I think um, all those guys left on a. So, like I say, I probably felt at the time, why do you want to go to another club doing yeah. the same job? But uh, having said that, there, there's obviously been a reason that they might not have wanted to share with me. So, again, everyone everyone is in that situation as well. But, no, all those guys, you know, if I've I seen all those guys, um, you know, running to them in the street, you know, like, if they, they rang, I, I'd be talking to all of them without doubt. You've coached those guys. Who coached you? Who do you consider your uh, clipboard mentor as such? Oh, well, I think, I, you know, I was extremely lucky um, to – um, start me coaching career under Tim Shoons. Yeah. And um, so um, Tim offered me the job at, in the 21s when I retired in uh, uh, 92, I think. So I took, uh, took the President's Cup job on in, in 93. Mm. Um, I think I was with Tim for about three years, four years. Um, and then Mal came in as head coach when Tim went to the Cowboys and um, so I was promoted to being Mal's assistant. Yep. Um, so so I coached under Mal for for twelve months, and then um, and then I went to uh, the Broncos. Um, but when I went to the Broncos, I went there as their performance coordinator. Yep. Um, the Broncos uh, had a guy called Stu Nance, who was uh, a, a very good strength conditioning coach, performance coordinator. He went to the Wallabies. So I went up there as um, like, like the performance coordinator, but. Yep. Wayne didn't have an assistant at that time, and um, I was, you know, was always busy in the pre-seasons as a performance coordinator. But um, during the season, I found I didn't have a loop to do, so I just sort of, you know, started helping Wayne out a little bit. With um, they didn't do a lot on on the opposition um, okay. back at, back in those days, where team uh, Tim he, he was always you know wanted to know what the other team was doing. You know, yeah. when we were playing this weekend, so. So that was a real difference there in, in their two styles. But for slowly but surely, I sort of end up, you know, being, I suppose, you know, Wayne's assistant as well as, you know, the performance coordinator's job and really enjoyed it. So, you know, when people ask me, you know, who I who I learned off, well, basically Tim Shoons and, uh, and Wayne Bennett. Mm. So I'm thinking most people are thinking that you've been very, very lucky to work under um, two guys that have, Got their, I suppose, their experience, but also the, their records, you know, as uh, head coaches in the NRL. Um, and it's amazing. I, I suppose the one, well, I learned a lot of, of 
both of them, obviously, but you know, at the same time, I need to, you know, not copy one or not copy everything mm. they did. You need need to do the things that you believe in yourself and yep. take some things and and take other things from the other bloke. But um, the the one thing that I that was a good learning lesson um, was, you know, I found both those coaches were very very different in their beliefs and how they they did things. Okay, so. And again, that was just a good lesson for me that yeah. there's more than one one way to to skin a cat. And as I said there, you know, just there before, whatever you believe in, you need to make sure that um, you know you never ever go away from that because yeah. that's that's what's got you into this situation that you're into. So you know, uh, make sure you live by those beliefs and and make sure you you trust yourself when you're going to make decisions on. You know, what you do with your footy team, what you do with individuals in your footy team, whatever it is. So, and you know, like I say, with um, my time with Tim and my time with Wayne, just goes to show that um, what they those guys really believed in what they did. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Craig, as a game, do we treat sacking the coach as the easy option on too many occasions, are we unfair on head coaches? Oh, yeah, I, th- I think um, it's probably the, the 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 easier option. Yep, um, that gets taken probably a little bit too often. Mm. But having said that, I think I think every situation there is different situations or, or different circumstances. Yeah. So I, I think it's the same for you know this you know your CEO there or your or your your chairman or your um, you know, your, your board, um, that they've got to make a decision. So they've got to do what they believe in, what they think's important for the club and what they think's the right thing for the club, you know. So, um, like, I, I don't try and think about when I see a coach that gets sacked or whatever, I don't try and think, you know, is that right or is that wrong? At the end of the day, um, you know, there's other people there that have made that decision yep. and they've gone – that they'd had their reasons for doing that. Now, whether they're right or wrong, that's not for me to decide because, you know, mm-hmm. you're not in there yet. You haven't seen what happened. So, um, like I say, I think sometimes it's probably the easier way to go. But having said that, um, you know, like those guys are in those, I suppose, hierarchy positions. That's that's their decisions to make and they need to do what they believe is right. On the field, how much has rugby league changed from – Say 2003 to 2020, are the players simply just more well-rounded athletes? Oh, yeah, yeah, they certainly are. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, I think back to when I was as the performance cannot coordinate the Broncos, you know, some like the, the GPSs now and yeah. all this other stuff. Like I, I, I you know, that, that wasn't around then. And yeah. um, I don't think I'd cut it there now. I, I'm, I'm not. Smart enough with, with technology to be uh, what, what they're doing, but so th- that's just changed in itself. And sometimes, again, like a lot of things in life, that can be confusing as well, yeah. you know. And how how you 
performance team uses those figures, you know, like sometimes you think, oh, well, we should be doing this with it, but, you know, they look at it in, in another way. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think the players get looked after a lot better um, recovery-wise and what they were getting back then. A lot of times then it was hard work, hard work, and a bit more hard work, whereas now, um, you know, we're a lot more aware of the recovery and, you know, trying to have them, you know, cherry right for, um, you know, the game at the weekend. Are you a stats guy? I've always said in commentary you can make through statistics any player or performance look good or any player or performance look poor. How deeply do you look into statistics and analysis? Yeah, I'm not overly big on on stats, but, um, you know, sometimes, you know, there is something that will come out of, um, you know, the stats that does make sense and, you know, will make a difference. Mm. Um, with all, we obviously, you know, get stats from, from different areas, but yep. um, a couple of my coaches do like our stats, which other companies or, or whatever will do stats on. Mm. But we, we probably look at it in a bit of a different way, um, if that makes a, a little bit of sense. We don't look at the, um, you know, that stat, the way, um, the stats companies do, yes. and the, there's four or five stats that we see really important in a game, and that's what our um, our assistant coaches will do. So we think we get good value out of that. Having said that, like I, I always have a look at the stats after a game, but mm-hmm. again, um, there's some that I might use, and there's some that sometimes I don't use. But you, you've got to just make sure you, you, you're having a look, you know, to make sure you know you're getting all you need to you know prepare for the for the next week. But um, just, I suppose, you know, in a short answer, I'm not a big stats guy, no. Okay. Are you constantly looking at the next evolution of rugby league or are you more concentrating on trying to perfect the current style of football? Well, that's a good question. Actually, I've never really thought too much about that. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say straight away without thinking about it too much that I'm just concerned about now. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what I... I do in life and, and doing footy, you know, I don't really um, concern myself too much, you know, I knew we're playing in two or three weeks' time. I'm more concerned who we're playing this week. You know, that's that's the one that, that's going to matter yep. and that's what, you know, that's what I want my players focused in on. Mm-hmm. So if I want them focused in on that, well, I need to be that too. So, um, you know, probably just focusing on what we're, we're doing now to get ready for this week. Um, I don't go a whole heap of uh, ahead of that. What do you reckon the last major shift in how the game was played was when the style of play or a certain style of play genuinely changed? Oh, geez, that's a, that's a tough question. There's a whole heap of things um, that have changed over the years, obviously. Um, yeah, I'd like to say, I think, um, I think I think this year has been a bit of a change um, yeah. it, with, with the the six again, um, and I, probably not so much on on, on the game, uh, like, uh, but like in in that situation. But it's it's been and we've experienced it ourselves. I know some clubs haven't, but there's a lot of clubs have. Is about the injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's probably been, um, I suppose, amplified by the fact that. 
Um, there's no origin during the year this year, so we had 18 games straight. So we've, we haven't experienced that for no. I don't know how long, you know. So obviously the origin players, you know, they play every, every week, but having said that, the clubs usually give them a rest, yep. um, like after an origin game or, or whatever. So there hasn't been too many seasons where we've gone 18 games straight. Yeah. And um, so I think with that, um, probably not recovering as as well as we have in the past few years, and then trying to add, add or speed to the game or or keeping the ball in play for longer. Yep. I think um, so. You know, the the big guys. I think that was the idea. The big guys tire, and then mm. you know the the little fast guys. You know, come out and play their footy. So I think you know that has probably changed more than. I thought it would, to be quite honest. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm sure that I'm sure when I get off this, I'll, I'll think, oh, you know, I'll uh, I should have <laughs> thought of that. But um, yeah, but it, it certainly has changed, and I suppose that's that, that's a, again it's the same as life in general. You know, everything changes, and most times it's for a, a reason. Sometimes it doesn't work out um, like we we all wanted it to. Yep. Um, Sometimes it does. So I think, you know, footy is the same as, uh, as life in general. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. With the rule changes uh, since the COVID resumption, have you had to change the way you coach the footy side at all or elements of it? Not so much. Um, well, yeah, a little bit with the rule changes, obviously. Um, not, not not so much, um, um, you know, about the resumption after COVID, but certainly, and I wouldn't say as far as I coach the footy team, but since we've been moved, yeah. Um, I've ha- had to be a lot, um, a lot more aware of things off the field. So, yeah. us being in isolation and us being away from our homes, and some of us being away from our families, mm. um, there's some things that if someone said you will do this during this year, yeah. I would have said no, I won't. Yeah. But to make it a bit easier. Um, on the players and their families um, to, I suppose, work through the issues that we've found ourselves in at times. Um, you know, I've changed like our, our system or I've changed our routine during the week. Okay. Um, yeah, and and I, I think most of it would, would lean towards, I suppose, not doing as much training as we would have done or not doing as many meetings or longer meetings or whatever. So I think the footy stuff has been cut down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly hasn't been stripped down without a doubt, but there's just some things that we needed to do to make things more comfortable for our players and our um, our families, you know, to survive in, in this environment. When I say survive, that's like a bit of an overemphasis, but uh, basically in, enjoy or try to enjoy and try to get out as much as we can out of this experience. You've been a player and a coach. 
does a coach make a player or do 13 players make a coach? I think um, in the – of players making a coach, I think there's about three or four that's made me. But um, <laughs> So I don't, know, I don't know where it's been 13. But I, I honestly – you know, obviously I think it goes a little bit both ways. But um, I think, you know, um, I've been I, – I think, you know, a lot of times I get asked the question, what makes a good coach? And I say a lot of good players or some yeah. good players. And um, we've had some great players here. So I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't have been the coach or I wouldn't have been a coach for 18 or 19 years here if, if I didn't have uh, you know, the players that I've had. And I think you know, most people know who I'm talking about there. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I honestly believe that, um, you know, I've been – yeah, you know, I, I, and I know I've I've worked really hard at, at doing my job as well as I can, but um, I don't think uh, you know I would have got the job done, or we wouldn't have got the job done if we hadn't had the players that we had. There is a sprinkling of names there that will be mentioned for as long as the game is played. Do you acknowledge and do you realise at the time just how special these guys are, and how fortunate you are to have them? in your footy side or do you become blasé about it and they're just players? No, well, I never become blasé about the effect that um, they've had on, on our footy club for so long, you know. Um, that's that's one thing I never become blasé about. I, you know, it's – sometimes it's it's easy to just to see them as, you know, as players, mm. but I see them as people as well. Um, so, and with all due respect, they're, they're as good as, you know, as good as people as you'll ever meet as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember Jack Gibson had a saying, you know, you, you can't be a dickhead all week and then play good on Sunday, you yeah. know, and so basically what you were saying, you need to be a good person to be a good player. And, mm. um, I think, you know, those superstars that we've had here, they've been exactly that. Um, yeah, so I certainly don't get blase about, um, you know, the effect that they've had on our club, without a doubt, and I suppose the NRL in, in, in Melbourne, you know, what they've done for the game down there, but what they've done for the, uh, the game as a whole. But um, but sometimes you sort of think, you know, um, you know, someone's a mad Billy Slater fan or, or you know, or, or Cameron fan and, you know, they're, their nephew's having a birthday. Do you think you could get Cameron to send him a little message and whatever? And you think, you know, like I don't see him as as being superstars and you know making some kid you know feel feel the the luckiest kid in the world. You know, so sometimes I would pull myself up on that. That, um, but certainly, um, I've never been blasé about you know the effect they've had um, on on this club and, and on this team. You've had wonderful players, but also, as you just said, wonderful blokes. And and being honest, not every bloke in rugby league is a wonderful guy. Is that still very much a part of your selection process and your recruitment process, picking the right person as well as the right player? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, that's that, that that's probably still the main thing for me, to be quite honest. Okay. Um, so it's great to have talent, but at the same time, um, you know, you you need to have the, you know, the best interest of the team at heart and not just yourself, you know. And um, so, uh, yeah, that's certainly uh, part of um, part of our, our pick and uh, player process. 
Wonderful insight into the coach. Thank you very much for your time. Best of luck in the coming weeks. There should be some wonderful footy. Craig Bellamy, you, sir, are a legend. A new episode of the Legend series drops every Tuesday and the weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at The Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon, legends. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. <laughs>